Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome into the DNVR Draft Podcast presented by Drift Car Sharing. I'm your host, Henry Chisholm, and we also have Andre Simone here just like every week for the Draft Podcast. Yeah. And before we get into talking about the Draft, I want to tell you all about Drift Car Sharing. So, Drift Car Sharing is pretty incredible. I still haven't had a chance to try it out, but basically it works like this. Yeah. If, you're, if you're catching a flight from the airport... Or, yes, where else would you catch a flight? Uh, you, you, you drop your car off with the, at the drift parking lot uh, outside the airport, and they, like, bus you over to your flight. It's, like, five or ten minutes away. And then instead of paying for parking, they pay you to rent your car out. It's, it's a pretty great deal. It all yeah. just works through their app. Your car is insured by Allstate. Um, I mean, yeah, great deal. Plus, they clean your car even if nobody rents it. So even if you don't get the like twenty bucks a day, forty bucks a day, whatever it ends up being, you still get a clean car when you get back for free, and you're saving on parking. It's perfect. Win win, potentially win. win. Yeah, I mean, if if you're flying somewhere and need to rent a car, then you can just rent a car through Drift. And if you're under twenty five, there's no under twenty five fee. So whenever I need to rent a car, that's how I will be doing it. Oh well, that's like five wins. That's a lot of wins. Whoa. You know okay. who else has five wins? Lay it on me. <laughs> <laughs> Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, uh, not Ohio State. They have six. LSU, Oklahoma, Florida, Wisconsin, Penn State. And I think that's where we're starting our conversation today. Is yeah, let's how do, do it. all of these teams stack up? Um I mean who yeah, I we want to we want to figure out away from the college football rankings coming out. And so we want to make our own rankings and let you guys know how we think things stack up. Um, before we get into that, you know, there's kind of been this discussion, mostly from Joel Klatt, that mm. uh, the the preseason rankings are playing too much into it. That what happened last year played too much into the rankings this early in the season. You know, yeah. where you see Clemson as number two when really they haven't looked all that good. Right. What do you think of that? Do you see oh, that? Oh, I 100% agree. It's also been a weird season because with, uh, aside from a couple notable exceptions uh, like Florida, Auburn, LSU, even Oregon, Texas, you could throw in there. We have a lot of teams in the top 15 who are in the top 15 primarily because they haven't played anyone yet. Yeah. So they're kind of coasting. And they're definitely being ranked where they are almost entirely based off that preseason pedigree and the fact that they were good last season. And we just assume they're going to be good again this season, which hey, I can't necessarily fault the vol voters for going that way. Boy, that that gave me trouble. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, you uh, I think that's a really good point. And that's the problem with these human rankings, which we somehow have gone back to. Not yeah. that I'm an advocate for the BCS system. Yeah. And it's so weird, though. Like, if you guys don't know, because you don't listen to the Buffs podcast, I'm on this, like, I'm 100% on the Buff soccer hype train. And the way that works is all just based on RPI. 
based on, you know, I th- the, the first rankings came out about a week ago, and it's all based on who beat who and by how much. And so you, you it takes all of the human selection element out of it. You make the tournament based on all math, pretty much. I'm, it, you know, there's, there's something to be said for that. And yet they got hurt by RPI last year. <sighs> so RPI yeah. giveth and RPI taketh yeah, away, which you know, I don't love. It's, um, it's not always great, but at least you know it's consistent. Like, everybody knows the rules going into it. I think it'd be fairly easy to come up with a, a, a metric that combines a few different factors, like point differential, yard per play advantage. I know about huh. these things because I've used them for college betting when I was running BSN against the spread back nice. in the day. Pour one out. Record <laughs> and strength of record or strength of schedule, which, again, should be based off of those other factors. Yeah. And I think you could make an aggregate metric that wouldn't be too complex and would still encourage people to schedule tough teams mm-hmm. uh, while taking into account how dominant wins are. It would also make it a little bit like a certain basketball tournaments where like teams even though they're da- they're up by 20 still want to finish strong because the standings yep. will also be determined by like point differential yeah so you losing by 17 versus losing by 12 could actually be the difference between you moving on to the next round or not yeah and that would kind of be fun it, it would be interesting for sure and you know for football you just have to make so many choices that people would be upset about. You know, turnovers. A, a, mm. a lot of, I mean, fumbles in particular, mostly 50-50, who recovers them. You know, you know. and so do, do you factor that in when you look at the turnover margin? If one team's just getting lucky getting those turnovers, do you weight it less? Or do you say, uh, it, right, it, it's really hard to, if, if you get too deep into it, to figure out what counts and what doesn't. I wouldn't complicate things with stuff like turnover margin or uh, pressure rate or anything like that. I would just... Yards per play? Yards per play, point differential, strength of schedule, and actual record. Huh. I think those could be the only factors towards making that happen you should make you should make that stat and see what it says about this league i would love to do that i'll make some calls <laughs> over the weekend <laughs> okay. i think we can make that happen actually um yeah we'll see stay tuned for that yeah okay so so that's all interesting stuff but it all does come down to how the voters decide that these teams oh, work the and you know that's the other thing about the stat is that do you really want to trust the stat when you're only picking four teams you know, for these other tournaments where you have 32, 64 teams, if, if if it's screwed up a little bit at the end and maybe the 70th best team is better than the 60th best team by that one stat, you can still say, well, you probably should have just won a couple more games. You aren't that good anyway. For football, if you're getting the 3-4 wrong and 5-6 and six are sitting out, that's that's a big oh, deal. Oh, for sure. You know, you almost yeah. need that override. And so that's why it's so tough to implement something like mm-hmm. that for college football. You just have to trust the voters. And right now, mm-hmm. I really don't trust the voters for the reason I said. You know, it, I think that if you... I trust hit, the committee more than the voters, which is yeah. ultimately what it comes down to. That's true. That's very true. But yeah, even the committee, there's plenty of like human just... I mean, that's the thing, right? We're we're humans. We uh, User error is just ingrained in us. Yep. Um, we live in an 
imperfect world because we ourselves make it imperfect. Even numbers can be imperfect because of how the human who implemented those numbers implemented them. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so that can be that can be a toughie. Yeah, and and that's what's so hard is that, you know, it, I think right now if you pick Clemson against Wisconsin, Wisconsin would win that game. But at the same time, wow, yeah, no, no, take. that's that's my take. I've watched quite a bit of Wisconsin, and I feel pretty good about that football team. But you know, at the same time, in the back of my head, I am thinking, you know, that that is Clemson. Do I really ever pick against Clemson just because they are Clemson? And that definitely weighs in voters' minds. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure mm-hmm. if it should or not. You know, like because because I think that there's a good chance that if you put them in the college football playoff, they'll perform better because so many of their players have been there before, whereas people at Wisconsin haven't. Yeah. You know, and there's yeah. it's just uh, all these different factors. You have to decide what matters and what doesn't. Like, is it who's going to win? Uh, it's weird. I think, well, and in, in a matchup like that, I think um, being one dimensional versus having being able to be multidimensional would really play into that. And I don't know mm. how you'd come up with a metric like that. You know? Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's the, the debate of college rankings is one of the great debates it to is. have in life. I think. And I feel like we're finally getting to a point in this season where we can start to get into those. You know, early on it's tough mm-hmm. because of right. the different opponents, because it's such a small sample size. But, I mean, after this week, we'll be halfway through this college football season, which is insane to think about. But here we are and i think that that's why we're ready to start making our own rankings so dre who's your number one team in the country right now oh that is a great question after a lot of thought and after last week with their extremely convincing win over michigan state Ooh, I think I have to go with the Ohio State Buckeyes. I know, and and, and I definitely see that, and I, I understand why you do that. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason that I keep Alabama number one mm-hmm. is that the exact same human thing that we've been talking about, mm-hmm. because how can I possibly not take Alabama number one? But no, I do think that Ohio State just as easily could be that number one team. I, I think that I probably would put Ohio State number two two though behind alabama ah it really is so hard to go against bama or clemson you just think of the alabama talent like like (sighs) every position i know Uh, i i I, you know what more than anything i want to see those two teams play i want to see i know that would be okuda against the (laughs) well that's the thing is offensively you could make an argument either way that Alabama has the best offense. No, Ohio state has the best offense. I think maybe Ohio state just with the way they've played thus far may have the slightest edge, but it's really like a razor thin edge. Yep. Defensively though, as insane as it sounds, and we are a draft pod, just looking at NFL prospects, Ohio state has the better defense. I think so. And you're right. I think so. And that's what I was going to say is that Ohio state, I would say has the better defense. I'd say Alabama has the better offense. And putting those two against each other. I mean, Ohio State, best defense in the country. Yeah. Talent-wise, yeah. Yeah. And then Alabama. and Chase Young alone. Yeah. One and two, (laughs) as I was saying. Just watch the guys' numbers one and two on defense for Ohio State. That's all you need to know. Both those Uh, guys will be gone, like, in the top six picks. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's uh, it, I want to see How it. fun Okuda against like Jerry Judy or Henry Ruggs with that. <sighs> What do you even or do? Chase if, if Young you're, going against those offensive tackles. Uh-huh. Like, oh, man. Chasing down Tua Tagovailoa. Tua making moves in the backfield. Mm. Giving giving Jerry Judy more time to get open on Okuda. Oh, I'm like, uh, Yeah, no. That's, oh, wow. Well. I think that I, I'm pretty confident in those two as the top two teams. Uh, who's your See, number two? I think. You drop Alabama for I would put LSU number two. Ooh. Can't argue against that offense. That defense has as much talent as just about anyone. They've played the tougher schedule. Looks so convincing. The thing is, though, if I was a voter, you're kind of hedging your bets because, well, LSU plays Florida this week. We'll wait. They beat Florida. Then I'll rank them number mm-hmm. two, right? Mm-hmm. But that's it's too easy. We don't cheat like that on the draft pod. No, like we these, don't. These voters who are asleep before Pac-12 after dark even number starts. five. Shame on you, voters. Shame on you. Yeah, I say LSU number two. I guess I'd put Bama number three. But again, am I doing? Is that human bias? Is that just bias? I mean, they haven't looked. Good, have they earned that number two? That number three fair. ranking? I mean, I don't even know, Hank. I, mean, I don't even know. Looking at the highs and odds, and not to spoil the next segment, it, it it's Tua by a landslide. Still, if you're trying to bet. Vegas. Shame Vegas. on you, Vegas. Shame uh, on you. Part of that's because of dumb betters, but I mean, at the same time, yeah, public money does swing things a lot. It's just so easy to trust Alabama in in a college football playoff setting at this point with that team, with the receivers, the running game, like, uh, you know, and yeah, Bama's defense should concern you. They gave up thirty one points to Ole Miss, twenty three to South Carolina. Like, come on, man. Mm, that's fair. That's a lot against those meh offenses yeah and clemson look we can talk all we want about clemson clemson at least beat texas a&m who i think is half decent i think they're yeah. way better than south carolina or mississippi but that north carolina game i know like i mean barely yeah. scrape i mean if you lose to north carolina is there any path to the college football playoff that's a great question. I mean, it's cl- it's tight. The thing is, if you're that Clemson, maybe that top fifteen is basically half of it is SEC teams. It's true, and they'll you know they'll they'll just kill each other for the next couple months. In the way we pretend the Pac-12 does. <laughs> yes, precisely. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Someone had to say it. That doesn't sound like a hater like myself. Um, that's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if the Pac-12 was actually good, then they would look like the SEC looks right now. <sighs> Just everywhere. Okay, so so you okay, have so, yeah you have uh, Ohio State, Ohio State, LSU, LSU, and then Alabama. I guess yeah. See, this is where things get tough. I I feel really <sighs> good about uh your top two. Yes, and you don't do. know where to slot Clemson in. I don't know where to slot Clemson's Clemson. Clemson's a toughie. Like, I don't think I, I don't I know. Would we exclude Clemson from the college football playoffs if the season I ended th- today? Like, I think I would. I think I would. I think that. Yeah, I mean, right. Georgia's got to be in front of them. I mean, yeah. LSU. LSU for sure is in front. And, and then where it gets interesting for me is Oklahoma, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Those are the two. Who you love Wisconsin. <laughs> I love Oklahoma right. too. Good for you. Yeah, pick no. with my heart. How could you not? How could you not? And I think that those. In college go. football, here's a little draft hot take for you. Okay. In college football, not necessarily in the pros, but in college football, I think the scariest quarterback-wide receiver combo is not Tua and Judy. 
It's not Trevor Lawrence and T. Higgins. It is Jalen Hurts, C.D. Lamb. I mean, I don't disagree. That's the Th- scariest connection in college football. Because of all the different ways they can beat you. Like, because they can both do it on their own, too. Like, you just yeah, get point. the ball to him, right. and he can make a move and get downfield score. Like, point. plus he's a deep threat. Plus, he, I mean, I, I, I agree. You know, number three, I am going to go LSU. So, mm, right now I have man. Bama, Ohio State, LSU. But then that Georgia, oh. Oklahoma, Wisconsin pick. Four spots. Killer. It's impossible. Killer. Impossible. I know. I mean, that's why oh. we have another half of the season, but... Right, right. <laughs> and again, <laughs> as we mentioned, it's been out. kind of a wacky first five, six weeks. Yeah. Because we haven't seen that many premier head-to-head matchups. It, but Wisconsin true. has... They beat down Michigan. They would deserve some praise. Yep. Florida did beat Auburn, who had beat Oregon. Yep. So they deserve some praise there. You know, like, style points don't really matter if you're beating one of those top opponents. I think that that's fair, yeah. So things change a little. I mean, and Georgia beat Notre Dame. Like, (laughs) dude, they're they're legit. Like, Notre Dame's legit. They're a legit top nine program in the country. The nice part is when we're talking about these teams who kind of look like they have a path, if you just go with, like, the undefeated in the top eight, you have Alabama, you have Georgia, you have LSU, you have Florida, all undefeated, but all in the SEC. I know. So that they will kind of figure themselves out a little bit. Yeah, for you sure. You have uh, Ohio State, and you have Wisconsin. In the Big, you know? yep. in the big Ten. Yep, and you're likely seeing them in the title game. Oh, yeah. I mean, that'd be my pick, at least. And, you know, one of them wins, one of them loses. It'd be tough to keep Ohio State out at this point if they lose, if Wisconsin wins that. And then you're talking, like, could you Oof. get two... Big Ten, two SEC, two, no. The committee yeah. would love that because I feel like they kind of have a, a little Big Ten bias in that committee yeah. room. But um, yeah, be tough. And yeah. yeah, Oklahoma sits atop the Big 12 as the only undefeated team, mm-hmm. no undefeated teams in the Pac-12. Meanwhile, though, like Clemson, right, Clemson Clemson's not going to play anybody. Clemson's going to be undefeated, right? So who's your fourth team? Do we pull the trigger? Do we put Clemson in at four? I or can't. do we do the brave thing? I'm I'm saying Clemson does not look like a college football playoff team, even though they are Clemson, the defending national champions. Right. And of course, that can change. We're just saying, mm-hmm. based off of what we've seen thus far. Yep. Yeah, they could totally clean it up, and these other teams could just fall off too. So is your fourth team Wisconsin? I'm gonna I go Oklahoma. I'm it. gonna go Oklahoma. Whoa. I'm gonna okay, go Oklahoma. I love that. Yep. Uh, oh, and man. maybe it's just because I want to see the Jalen Hurts to a tag of Iloa national championship. How incredible would that be? Oh, amazing. Oh, my God. Oh, incredible. The, the, I, I mean, that, that'd be like one of the sports moments of this decade. You know what's crazy? And I'm more. sure people have tweeted about this before. Tua's like runner-up school. He went to the same high school as Marcus Mariota. He's yep. Hawaiian, right? Yep. So, and Oregon was going through some flux because, the, you know, it was the post-Chip Kelly era and Helfrick was being fired. So they weren't able to pull the trigger. They weren't able to keep Tua and sell him on, like, be like Marcus Mariota. But if he goes to Oregon, Justin Herbert probably, you know, he wasn't, like, some highly rated recruit. He was a three-star. Right. He's probably just the backup at Oregon and happy to be there. And people are like, look, once Tua's gone, this Herbert kid's going to be good. Hurts stays at Alabama. 
<laughs> doesn't go to Oklahoma. Uh, so there's three quarterbacks switching already. Yeah, it's incredible how intertwined all this is. I know. Like how I it love all it uh, so much. I know. Just to think, but I mean, like already, to a tag of Iloa, Jalen Hurts. Is that a thirty for thirty? Right now, probably should be. I think it probably should be. And if they actually go and play each other in the national championship, oh my, oh that my. that is, oh, oh. I know that's like multiple thirty for thirties. I mean, you have Lincoln Riley with these quarterbacks. You have like Bro. how Lincoln Riley has changed the NFL game with how he's coached in the college game. You have the story of those two quarterbacks. Like either it's a three-hour incredible movie, or you just make it a series. And just in the commercial, you know how in 30 for 30s, they'll give you a little backstory. Uh, like when you're yep. coming from commercial, they're yep. like, eh, Tua almost went to Oregon. Think of how oh, that changes Justin just Herbert. Then Jalen stays at, Oklahoma, you know, oh. at Alabama. And what does Oklahoma do then? And blah, blah, blah. Uh, th- and who knows what that would have done for Justin Herbert. If he actually does just come off the bench for his senior year next year. Right. I mean, that could be incredible for his stock. Like, as it's kind of like dwindling just because he's at this point where everybody's Wait, he's a senior this year. Uh he stayed. Is he is he his, a red yeah. shirt senior? Uh no, he might I, I'm not sure. Okay. Here, I, I have yeah, 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 yeah. I'm headed out to the Oregon game this weekend, so There you go. He's got I, uh, all his stats. I there. have these Oregon notes right here. Let's see. All this to Lollygag, who's our fourth team and who's our first team out. We we have yet to do the top five, which was the goal of this segment. They do not even say red shirt in their notes. Okay. Oh, well, this is you, you keep talking, I'll find it. Okay, I'll, I'll keep talking. Um but yeah, I mean, how does that change things if he comes off the bench? For his senior year, and then all of a sudden just lights the world on fire the way Trevor Lawrence did last year as a freshman. Like, I mean, he's still yeah, probably know. the number one overall pick now. I, it's just so weird to see how he all could this pull off could have hurts changed. Like, no, he's a true senior. Okay, so yeah, he would have one more year. If no, he, no. Redshirt. Oh, he could have redshirt. He could redshirt, ah, gotcha. come back yep, after yep, Tua yep, leaves. Yep. Oh. <laughs> I know. And then you have the whole, like... Jake Fromm, Jacob Eason, Justin Fields thing uh, intertwined. Uh-huh. Oh, and people say quarterbacks shouldn't transfer. Who wants to see the best quarterbacks on the bench? Transfer portal forever. Uh, okay, transfer Who's portal. Your fourth team. It's Oklahoma. It's Alabama. It's Ohio State. It's LSU. Oklahoma. Those are my top four. And who's your first team out? Uh, is it Scotty or is it Clemson? It's crazy that Clemson is this. I know. With watching them play against North Carolina. No, I mean, mean, dude, you're right. At this point, if we're just saying who deserves to be there. You're right. If you're doing that against North Carolina, you don't deserve to be in a a top five team. Yeah. Like, that's just the truth. I'd go Wisconsin five. It's tempting to put Georgia there. Uh More tempting than it is to put Clemson there. I think Georgia's my fourth team. Yeah. You cannot underestimate how important that, that win was against Notre Dame. Mm. cannot cannot underestimate how talented they are on both sides of the ball how good that offense is yeah i think georgia's your fourth best team that's arguably the best win of anyone in my top four certainly better than anyone alabama's beat yep Uh, notre dame's better than anyone who ohio state's beat yep they're better than anyone lsu's beat because i would take notre dame over texas so, yeah, mm-hmm. I think Georgia deserves that fourth spot right now. And my four, fifth team, so on the outside looking in, <sighs> I have Wisconsin. Though Florida is tempting. Sorry, yeah. Clemson. 
Yeah. Again, this will all change in like a week. So yeah, no it harm, will. no foul. But but it's always fun to do this. Oh yeah. And these aren't the only rankings we want to get to. We also want to talk about the top Heisman candidates before we move on to some other stuff. Um, who are you taking right now to win the Heisman? As of this, like, right now, if you were awarding it all by yourself, you get all that power because you deserve it and you watch all the games. Who are you giving it to? Well, I'm giving it to the quarterback of my number one ranked team, Justin Fields. Wow. Of the Ohio State Buckeyes. Wow. How about it, huh? Okay. How about it? Oh, not to mention the whole Joe Burrow, Ohio State thing. is Ah, there's, oh. there's so many. Ah, destiny's intertwined. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I'd take Jalen Hurts. You know that. You know That's how much I respect his game. I'm all for it. I, I, I'm all for it. I'm with you, buddy. I, mean, I, I love I, it. I see your point, even though I'm... I'm slightly against it. I think um, I think my number two Heisman candidate, just behind Fields, would be Joe Burrow. Really? Who? I mean, he's looked good. Second in the country in passing yards. Lit up Utah State last week. Jordan Love looked bad, by the way. Yeah. Three picks completed 50% of his passes. Now, uphill battle. You know, you're playing For LSU. Sure. Like, For that's sure. going to happen. But he has just disappointed me at every turn this season. So Jordan Love, buyer beware. Do not I do not buy the hype. I do not get it right now. Huh. I think um, he's had a terrible We season. should also mention that, you know, the Westgate puts out their odds. You can take the odds and turn them into implied probabilities. Yeah. They say Tua Tagovailoa has a little over a sixty one percent chance to be the Heisman winner. Yeah, and that's, you know, they're not going off of today. who, right, oh, f- five games in, who's the most deserving of the Heisman? They're going off of at the end of the year, who has the best odds to win the Heisman? And they're saying it's a guy who's going to have to play Auburn, he's going to have to play LSU, and, you know, the whole mm-hmm. gauntlet against the SEC, and he's already looked great. Tua, though, the injuries kind of scare you. That is a riskier bet than you would think. Yeah. Because the the guy can get banged up from time to time. Huh. Yeah, I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah. Uh, I think Dobbins might even be ahead of Tua in my Heisman ooh. rankings today. Ooh. They All in on Ohio just State. Under, they I didn't 1%. expect this going in. I, I'm so sorry. No, that's an interesting one. That's a really interesting one. And I mean, how can um, you keep out your, your boy? I can't even say his name. JT at Wisconsin. Yeah. I mean, the, the, I, I, it's say, Jonathan. Say it. yeah, it's Jonathan Taylor, not yeah. But uh, as soon as I say the other name, I know that we're just gonna spiral <laughs> and keep saying it. So we're not even gonna say that. But Jonathan Taylor, I mean, yeah, he's been dominant. He's he's dominant behind a dominant offensive line. That's why I think Wisconsin is actually a pretty good football team. I think that they can run the ball on anyone. And when you get into playoff football, that's huge. That's so huge. I I, I like that team. I like him. Um. O-line's not too bad either. Yeah. Well, before we go talk about uh, some other stuff, let's just run through these numbers. So they say 61% for Tua, 22% for Joe Burrow and Jalen Hurts. Crazy and then, rise from Burrow and Hurts. Yeah, That's massive. Insane. Did, I did not expect this from Jalen Hurts at all. I did not no. think that he was going to be. No. I mean, remember when we were talking about the quarterback oh, yeah. competition? Yeah, totally. Is he even the starter? And now he's one of the, I mean, they say the three best players in college football. And, I, I mean, I have him number one. I think that 
Like who who else would you want over him? Ah, I love I love it. Okay. Um it's probably time to take a second now to talk about the official beer of BSN Denver. Yes, please. Breckenridge Brewery. They've How got you? some great stuff brewing. Uh, yeah, they do. Yeah, they, like they do. <laughs> I was enjoying some Strawberry Sky. I've been enjoying some Strawberry Sky the last couple of days at, oh. at the crib, so that's been nice. D- are you starting to like transition into more of like an autumn beer? Uh, th- I mean, uh, they have their autumn ale. It sounds like I haven't done it yet. You're I still feeling the Strawberry yet. Sky? I'm feeling the Strawberry Sky. I know. I, I'm I not could r- go for a good lager, though. Like a vanilla porter. Yeah, why oh, not? That's a good one. Why not? I know. To I celebrate I Michael Porter. Michael Porter. They need to, I, Ryan was making this joke earlier. They should make a, a Porter named Michael. So you could just call it Michael Porter. He's clever. Um, but <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I feel like as it turns into winter, I'm I'm going to start drinking some of those other beers and less of the Strawberry Sky and the Colorado Core. Like those have been my top two. So I still want to try right. the Mango Mosaic. Right. I, oh yeah, I have haven't you, tried that. You haven't yet. tried that? No. I was just... That's I, like the... Well, that and I saw a Christmas ale at the supermarket yesterday. And I was like, wow. Yeah, I didn't realize that was out yet. I still haven't tried it. I've never had it. Oh, I haven't either. Okay, well, we got to do that. Yeah, we're going to be celebrating the holidays early. We are. Okay. Um, also, th- since they aren't just a beer, they're also our partner. Yeah. Uh, we named our event calendar after them. So if you go to thednvr.com, then you can go to the Breckenridge event calendar. You can see all of the... Th- cool things we do like the tailgates and the watch parties yep. and the bar crawls tailgate at this broncos home game lot yes. in. remember that with sons a mile high i will it's be great. there will yep. you be there uh to be determined okay well <laughs> i will be there and <laughs> we know that the broncos guys will stop by for a minute or two yep and they've been out there for like an hour the last couple yeah that was great yeah so so yeah they'll be there for that i'll be there the whole time um, drinking a lot of Strawberry Sky, United and Orange, and whatever else there is. Also, there's food. Uh, lot N, by the way. Uh, also want to tell you about Total Bev because that's the best place to get Breckenridge beers. They're, they have get great prices, and they're even better when you use our code. Did you get it delivered last weekend? No, I, ordered, I, I clicked the button too late. The next available delivery was the next morning. Uh, I should have okay. I should have like okay. planned while we were doing okay. it, but yeah. But you still went through Total Bev and they treated you well last weekend, huh? Oh yeah. Your friends were impressed. They they're always impressed. <laughs> <laughs> Total just Bev like, is what just what a blessed life you live, Henry. Yeah, we get I mean, thirty percent off your purchase of twenty five dollars or more with the code DNVR twenty nineteen, and you can use it through the app or online. And the best part is they deliver. So if you spend like 50 bucks or more, they deliver anywhere in the Denver metro area for free. Cha-ching. You can also get it to pick up if it's less than that. I think it's only like a $5 fee if you only want like a six-pack, which is incredible. They're willing to do that. But um, yeah, so then you can go pick it up. They'll get everything ready for you, and you don't have to deal with walking around their massive warehouse, I guess. Great stuff. Check them out. Uh, and now it's time to talk about more football. Woo, fun. Yeah. So next we want to talk about Drew Locke. And mm. would the Broncos consider taking a quarterback early in the draft? Not like somebody late who could come in and be a backup or right. like a developmental guy, but somebody who they bring in to be the guy, even though they have Drew Locke. Let's do this imaginary scenario. Okay. Forget what pick the Broncos are drafting at. Just straight up, Goodell tells them, look, Broncos, you've been through a rough time. You have the greatest fans in the whole wide world. We know this. Mm -hmm. 
We love John Elway. He's the greatest. Mm-hmm. Pat Bull and that whole organization, we've done him a little dirty in the Hall of Fame for years. You deserve years. some help. You deserve some help. So here's what we're going to do for you. Any quarterback in this upcoming 2020 draft, if you just want to give up the rights to Drew Locke to take the rights to that quarterback, you can do it. Just throw so, Drew Locke back in the draft instead. Exactly. Throw him back in the draft pool. You take You take one guy out. How far down the list Ooh. do we go before we decide to keep Drew Locke? So well, let's start with the top quarterback. Tua Tagovailoa. You said it, brother. I would wow. take Tua with all I, the respect I know, for, and, and for Drew. I paused for a second to think about it, and I was like, ooh, I don't know. And then I was like, oh, my goodness, are you really saying that? And immediately caught myself and realized I'm a bit of a homer at this point. <laughs> no, you take Tua Tagovailoa over Drew Locke, and you don't look back. Yes, absolutely. Okay, well, who's up next? Justin Herbert. Uh, you got to take Justin Herbert, don't you? I've been on record for not quite years, uh, closing in on yeah, a yeah. year, that um, I would take Locke over Herbert. Herbert hasn't done enough to sway me off of that. A natural talent Herbert probably has the slightest edge, a little bigger, a little bit more athletic. I think Locke has the stronger arm. Locke, though, last year progressed in areas that were key that we really needed to see him progress in. Poise under pressure. Uh, Being able to go through his reads, process information quicker, know when to take his shots and when to just take what the defense gives him to live for another down. Herbert's still learning that. Still incredibly inconsistent. Uh, Maybe Herbert a little more advanced in his development of uh, footwork, but again, about similarly raw. So it's really, it's like a dead heat. I'd keep block. I'd keep block. I like the improvement that makes me think there's more to work on there. He gets it more, I think than Herbert does. I'd take Herbert. You know, we talked you talked about uh dealing with pressure. Yeah. He was under pressure constantly against Cal. And sure it wasn't like the greatest offensive sure. performance. Right. And he threw his first interception of the season mm-hmm. compared to fifteen touchdowns already, which That's pretty good. Sure he played Nevada and Montana, so that helps. Right. But you know, he stood strong under pressure. I was I was really impressed. You know, that's a game I watch closely, of course, because Colorado plays Oregon right. Friday night. Yeah, that's big. He just has all the tools. And the one pick he threw, it, you could see how it could have worked for him. You know, it was just like a tight window throw downfield up the seam. Maybe it was like a post route. And the window just closed on him. It wasn't like a terrible decision. It wasn't a bad ball. It The window just closed up and it got picked off. But the fact that he throws those types of balls, I just really like. I think that he is a guy who you can trust, especially when you see what he's done this season, being asked to do a lot less behind that Oregon line. Mm -hmm. You know, they're running the football more. They're kind of trusting that. He doesn't have the weapons at all. Like, these receivers, they're They're bad. They're not great. They're bad. He has the the tight end. Tight end's great. Tight end is good. But, I mean, he's their leading receiver by... 150 yards maybe and he's not even to 400 yet right it's a he doesn't have much to work with he's asked he's kind of in that Peyton Manning role of 2015 where it's just 
don't don't let things happen poorly and I think he's performed above that level he isn't just giving his defense a chance to play he's I mean 15 touchdowns one interception I mean, I've I, I, I've been impressed that's fair maybe I'm not giving him credit enough for the improvements he's made this year I just feel like uh, Locke handled adversity better and faced a lot more adversity wasn't as much tied to what system he's playing in the way Herbert mm-hmm. is um, but I could see the argument either way. I mean, as I said, it's a dead heat for me. Um, but yeah, I think just slightly having talked to Locke and interviewed him and knowing him a little better uh, and seen that progression, I'd go with Locke. I, I can see it. Herbert could still sway me, though. I'd take another Herbert. way. Uh, next up, Jordan Love. I'm taking Locke. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Um,. <laughs> Joe Burrows, Burrow, oh, Burrow. Yeah, we do that one a lot too. Um, well, the the it's he's a tough one. I, <laughs> even on ESPN, sometimes you yeah. need to say Burrows because uh-huh. you're you know. Uh huh. Anyways, um, um, ooh, Burrows is sneaky, Burrow. like sneaky, intriguing. Yeah, Burrow. <laughs> he is. Uh, I take Drew Lock. I think that they're kind of oh, similar man. in how they play. I think I think I see a little bit of that like gunslinger mentality. Yeah, lock uh, more I, athletic, probably yep. a more potent arm. Burrow, at this point, more consistent, but he's only been more consistent for five games. You know, like you go yeah. off of last season, it's not even close. In the same conference, Drew Locke, the much superior quarterback prospect. Now Burrow's made up some ground. Ah, <sighs> That's tough. I would take Locke. I think my heart's telling me Burrow. Okay. But that might be ill-advised. Okay. I don't think I'm thinking that through fully. Um, final guy we'll do is uh, Jalen Hurts. Oh, good. Uh, I know. You so know, tough. see this? It's it's impossible. You know, here's here's why I'm going to go with Jalen Hurts, even though I question that a lot. And now is uh, that that upside is just massive, and you can see what he could be. You could see how this Broncos offense could become, you know. The, the Chiefs offense. It could become that, like, I mean, okay, yeah, not exactly sure. the Chiefs, but he he's more athletic. He can move around. He can make plays with his legs. And if that arm is actually for real, like, like it looks like it is. It's live, man. He could he could change the game. He could be, I mean, you <sighs> saw what Lamar Jackson did early this season. He's, yeah, though, slowing down. He's slowing down, but I think that Jalen Hurts could be even better than him. I think that he should mm. be. I think I like his arm better. Maybe he doesn't have like that quick twitch, whatever you want to call what Lamar Jackson is. Yeah. But he's uh, not the kind of like once in a lifetime type athlete that Lamar is. But yeah, no, I see your point. It's interesting, you know. Um, we've been high and on top of Hurts from the start. But the you know uh, interestingly on ESPN, Kuiper and McShay were kind of debating how he's Hertz has risen up rankings and blah blah blah, um, and the fact that you know in the end they both came to a consensus of yes he's rising up, but the intel they're kind of gathering would suggest he's not yet a first round prospect. That's mm-hmm. what they would bet on. And of course, Locke wasn't either. No, of course. At this time, a year ago, you wouldn't have said Kyler Murray would have gone in the top two rounds. Very true. You probably wouldn't have said Baker Mayfield at this time in the season when he went first overall was going to go in the first round. Either. No. So a lot can change. You d- it definitely can. And, and that's limited from he hasn't played anyone yet. You know. Yeah, I, I want to see. And 
what we need to figure out with Hurts, sorry to cut you off, oh, no. is is he the guy we saw at Alabama where it was like, eh, I don't know that he's athlete, he's he accurate enough, yeah. right? Or is he this guy at Oklahoma, and once they start playing against real competition, we're going to see it. Or tougher defenses, I mean, you know. I, I, I just feel like with Jalen Hurts, you can see what that offense could become. You know, with Drew Locke, I, th- I think that there's a good chance he's a really good quarterback. I think there's a chance that he mm-hmm. ends up being like a top five in the NFL and him and Mahomes are going back and forth and, and all that's there. But, you know, I, I, I think that there's a lot more that could happen below there, too. I, I don't think that he's necessarily terrible or great. He could be just a middling NFL quarterback. And he could be a guy who's, you know, I, I see that potential for him. And I worry about getting bogged down by an average quarterback. Yeah. And... As I'm, I'm, I'm high on him. I, I like it. I think I, like I said, I can see how he could be very good. With Jalen Hurts, I feel like he's he's a he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league, or he's out of the league in three four years. You yeah. know, and and I really like betting on him because he comes from that Oklahoma offense, which is something you would not have said just a few years ago. He's oh, playing totally. the oh, spread offense, and that's why you want him. But that's the way the NFL is moving. Oh yeah. And I want to see him running I mean, in the NFL. Watching the Broncos on a little side tangent, but I think it's worth noting. M- the mobility of quarterbacks, and I want to desperately write a film room at some point on this, has really been affecting the Broncos' defense and, in a sense, their offensive plan. Like, why did Vaughn and Chubb and Malik Reed all of a sudden start creating more pressure last week? against um philip rivers philip rivers because it's philip rivers right because he's statuesque in the pocket the first when they're playing aaron Rodgers and trubisky watch the tape vaughn's vaughn could beat his guy but he's being told to play contain don't let the guy get out of the pocket yeah so just having the threat of a running quarterback is basically eliminating the best pass rushers in the game. <laughs> and and watching how huge of an advantage is that? watching Russell Wilson every week dodge defenders, oh, roll out, sure. find guys, have that big time playmaking ability, yeah. not just I, I mean, mean Minshew beat the Broncos like that. You you watched it, just getting out of the pocket. And he's not some like phenom athlete, you know? Pat Mahomes is the best game manager in the NFL. See, he, he he can he can make all those little passes. He understands how to just manipulate everything from the pocket. He knows how to read the defense, know where to go with the ball, just distribute it to there. all of his guys. They've kind of beat him the last couple of weeks by Fair. pressuring him and forcing him to speed things up, you know. Fair. But I, I see your point. But then when things do kind of break down oh, and guys get in his face, yeah. that's when he's at his best. You know, that's what's so exciting about him is that then he has that big play potential too. Right. He can do everything you want him to do, but in a situation where Phillip Rivers gets sacked, where Joe Flacco a lot of the time gets sacked, even Tom Brady often just gets sacked, it, the play isn't over, and that's when your best chance for a big play happens because a lot of the time when they get after him, it's because they blitz. There are fewer defenders downfield. Mm-hmm. He gives his receivers two seconds longer to get away from their cornerback, and then he finds them and lets Tyree Kill or Sammy Watkins mm-hmm. just run around with the ball. And right. that's something that Jalen Hurts has, and that's something that I think you need in the NFL yeah. now. Totally. Drew no, Locke can I mean, have a little bit of that too. Look, the ability to make a play above the X's and O's is huge. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah. When the play breaks down and you're – you're stranded, you're SOL, 
the ability to pull something out of nothing is massive. But it needs to start with being the game manager type and knowing how to fill that role as yeah. well. Being able to just run the system, run the offense, grind out the, the little right. dinks and dunks so that you can find those opportunities, even planned opportunities out of the pocket. That's a question with Jalen Hurts is does he actually have that kind of stuff? And I think that I think that he does. I think it could be there. I think he does. Um, quickly, Locke or Jake from? For me, it's Locke all day. I've never I been know. high on Fromm. The answer is definitely Locke for me, too. Same conference, but obviously completely different talent level. I think probably Georgia has gone to the national semi or, or you know been right there in playoff contention yep. two years in a row should have won the final two years ago yep but then lost because Tua comes in and replace Hurts mm-hmm. at halftime um to break Mel Tucker's heart I think if you would have just flipped lock and from they've won at least one national championship the last two years there is a take I don't think it's that crazy, though. I think I've said way crazier huh. things on this podcast. Well, I know though. you have, but this is another one. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> fair. I, don't know. I, I think that that's fair. I, I, do th- I, I would take Locke over from. And then Jacob Eason, I think it's the same thing. Huh. I would take um, I would take Locke over Eason because Eason basically presents you the same appealing upside of a Drew Locke but less of the consistency and development that we were able to see in Locke throughout his four years at Missouri and especially in his final year. Final two years mm-hmm. were really huge for Locke. So. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. That that's should be That's a lot of fun stuff. Yeah. Um, I, think that, I think that we're probably ready to move on to uh, the, th- our predictions. But before we do that, um, we should talk a little bit about our friends over at Strava Craft Coffee. So Strava Craft is the CBD enriched coffee that has really changed lives. Um, they it, it can help with long-term migraines, arthritis, back pain. Uh, it'll decrease anxiety. It'll help with IBS. Anything you have an issue with, CBD can possibly help and it's worth a try it's a pretty easy option to check out it's all natural it isn't psychoactive it's also very good coffee so that part is cool um if you want to get 20 percent off you can use the code bsn2019 at checkout and they'll ship it straight to your door all right now it is time to make our picks for week it's seven. seven. It's seven. We're confident. We screwed that up a lot last week. I don't know. Um, so, yeah. We, like, <laughs> we screwed up. We somehow, in one pod, managed to screw up three different weeks. Yeah, like, we really did not do that legendary. well. Legendary. So, that's why this week we haven't referenced the week until right now. We've just said who they played. Right, like last five weekend. games in. Yeah. Right, oh, yeah. yeah. We, aren't, we aren't messing around now. We, we figured yeah. out how it works. I mean, shit, who are we to criticize the voters or the committee? We can't even remember what week of college football We can't is. remember the players' names. <laughs> 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 we legit the best Jordan back Taylor, in the country. I Joe still Burrows. don't know. What are I'm some other so names that we frequently now. go on? Are we confident that we say it, Okuda? I think we are at this point. I think Okuda I th- we've got no, right. Yeah. yeah. At least Amazingly. that's the way we've said it. Uh, <laughs> it sure um, is, buddy. It sure is. Uh, okay. Yeah. Let's start with Friday. Because I think there is easy money to be had if you hit the buffs 
at plus 21 in Oregon. We said it last week. Oregon was getting too many points with Cal. They were. Easy money. They were. Okay. We were right. Talking about Oregon, though. Well, first of all, my mom just texted and said Aww. she's going to a retreat and can't watch the game. And so I need to be extra detailed in my tweets because she gets notifications for them. That's God, she so, is the sweetest. There is that. But also more importantly, these are the ranks for Oregon's defense in the Pac-12. Scoring defense. Yeah. Guess. Number three. First, they've given up 9.8 points per game. Wait, they're better than Cal? Wow. Yeah. Touchdowns allowed. Well, I'm guessing they're number one. Yeah. <laughs> they've given up four this season. That's stupid. Total defense. I'm going to guess number one again. Yeah, 261.4. Yards per play first. Passing defense first. Pass completion percentage first. They've given up 51.5% passing completion. Pass efficiency defensively first. We got to watch. We got to talk more about Troy Dye, who's probably their best defender, their middle linebacker. Be interesting to see how he plays. You know, you know. uh, I like the buffs have been using their tight ends more. When when an opponent gets into the red zone, what percentage of the time have they scored a touchdown this season? 20%? Exactly. 20% first. Tied for first and first downs allowed. First in sacks. Second in interceptions. Um, impressive. All those numbers are obviously top 10 in the FBS. A couple of them are first. This Oregon defense is actually that good, but that's why you can't bet. Like, it's it's not that they can't stop teams from scoring. It's that the offense is built around just running the ball, grinding the clock. That's why Justin Herbert's being asked to be mm-hmm. more of that game manager mm-hmm. type. Mm-hmm. And all those huge lines, like, that's just not the way they play football anymore. It's that People are still thinking that they're the Oregon of the last five, oh, no, ten they years. They aren't. It's a totally different team. Yep. Mel Tucker and Mario Cristobal, their head coach. I said yep. that right. Yes, you did. Both Congrats. coming from SA. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, Pat's on <laughs> the back all around. <laughs> um, have brought that SEC mentality to the Pac-12, and it's starting to pay off. Yeah. And I can't wait for like Mel to be in year two and us to oh, see more of yep. the, the fruits of his labor pay off, you know. I know. It's it's going to be fun. Um, yeah. So, anyways, I'll, you know, I take Oregon overall because it's a tough place to play. But I'm definitely hitting that line because yep. plus 21 is too much. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a real chance neither team scores 21 points. Eh, okay, that's eh, a stretch. That's a stretch. Possible, though. Possible. It's, it's possible. Big game for Justin Herbert for this podcast. Yeah. This Colorado. Break. Let's just mention this as well. Their <laughs> cornerbacks. So, Delrick Abrams, the senior is starting. But oh their number two and number three cornerbacks are both out for the year. They were already short for depth. Their number four cornerback, who is now a starter, uh, he has played 69 snaps in his career. 67 were last weekend in his first career start. Their next corner up has played one snap in his entire career, and that was in 2018. He played one snap in the season opener against Colorado State. And the next cornerback up has never played a snap. So all that to say, in this game, the oh Justin Herber has no one to throw the ball to excuse does not apply. They should be winning all but one matchup. Right. You know, exactly. I I don't know how high you guys are on Delrick Abrams. Yeah, a sneaky but good he's, prospect. Uh, you look. I mean, they didn't throw at him Kids last week. He's got length, great ball skills. Yep. I like his pedigree. The former junior college prospect. Yes, I agree. Recruit. Uh, yeah. Okay. So that's the one Friday game we're covering because uh, we're homers. We so are homers. There you go. And I'm going to be there. <sighs> but we have the Red River rivalry. The Red River? 
Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> oh, I can talk anymore. Uh, it's not um, even, not even just person names. Might be the last podcast I'm allowed on anymore. Ooh, was that um, an option? <laughs> kidding, <laughs> kidding. No, no, no. I would never yeah, get rid fair, of you. Fair. These uh, are the best podcasts. Oh, I have so much fun. I having the soccer players. People on enjoy listening fun. to them. There you go. I, my my mom really likes when you're on the podcast. Oh, see, we're spiraling. She's the here. best. We are, we are spiraling, spiraling <laughs> so hard. Um. So, anyways, Oklahoma and Texas play each other. Finally, a real defense for Jalen Hurts. It doesn't matter. Can he outplay Sam Ellinger? Oh, yes. Oh, <laughs> yes, he will. Trust me, this man will. Okie doke. They are the Sooners. I'll take it. Ten and a half, <laughs> point. <laughs> Ten and a half point favorites. You say hammer, hammer, boomer all day long. Easy. Easy okay. money. Okay. I mean, this is a big one for C.D. Lamb. Uh, Texas has some talent on that defense despite what they show sometimes, especially their safeties, really, really good. So that'll be interesting. I like Sam Ellinger. I think he's another like intriguing prospect in this class that we don't talk about nearly enough. Um, so yeah, that'll be a really fun game to see, and we'll see. This is where Hertz can really propel his Heisman stock. He can. He really it's, can. It's one of the great rivalry games we have in college football. And I take him. And I don't care about the points. There you go. Alabama plays Texas A&M at A&M. Yeah, real first real <laughs> test for Bama here, too. Yeah. 16 and a half point favorites. Yeah, I, I'm taking Alabama. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take... Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to take them even though they do... I'm going to take them against the spread as well. We've talked about how that Bama defense hasn't been like a true killer this year. This will be a big test. Kellen Mond, the A&M quarterback, has been too up and down. Jimbo Fisher, though, that guy knows how to win. He knows how to scheme. He shows up in big games. We'll see what happens here. Um, No, I'm taking the road dogs, Texas A&M, with that line, though, of course, Alabama ends up winning. Yep. Love a good road dog. That's fair. I'll take Bama. I mean, a good home dog. I'm so sorry. This is at A&M. I said that. Oh, jeez. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Um, Clemson against Florida State. Like, look, it's not the same Florida State. Like, no. But it's a good time to watch Marvin Wilson, the dynamic defensive tackle we talked about last week. It is. Week. Yeah. Um, Let's see if Trevor Lawrence can kind of pick it up a little. Jeez. What's the line there? They, Clemson's favored by 27 points at home. Yeah. I... I Florida State uh, probably worse than North Carolina if you're going to reference that game again. Yeah, but again, that was a. Are they three yeah, touchdowns worse? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll take Clemson. I'll take them to cover, even though I don't like it. Yeah, they're still. I mean, they're ranked number two, and they're playing a bad football team. You know, that's got to count for something. Legit, a bad football team. Yeah, I kind of agree. That line's just too inflated for me. I. I would stay away. Um, that would yeah, be my that's advice. Probably the best advice. Gun to my head, I probably take Florida State because I just love twenty-seven points. Um, Wisconsin plays that great defense at Michigan State, who really looked good until Ohio State just turned it on in the from the second quarter on. We're going Wisconsin there. Yep, on Wisconsin. Uh, line is ten and a half. They are at home at Camp Randall. <sighs> that's. I think that's a good place to set that line. I'll yeah. say that. I think that. I think that they are that much better. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether the style of play lends itself to scoring enough on either side. That yeah, it gets see, up to that exactly. Team. This is where I think that Michigan State defense, 
against a multidimensional offense mm-hmm. like Fields and Dobbins, they struggled. But one-dimensional like Wisconsin, I think they could show up and do some things. I will take Michigan State with the points. Heck, I'm calling the upset here. Ooh. There you go. I'll take uh, Wisconsin with the points. Okay. Just because I went so heavy on them earlier, I feel like I have to back it up. You kind of do. Yep. yep. You kind of do. All right. Now the nitty-gritty. USC at Notre Dame, some good prospects here. Sucks that some of the injuries for USC have come up. Notre Dame's at home, 10.5-point favorites. And I'm going with the Irish across the board. Okay. Yeah. Unless you have anything no. else to say. No, um, not really. Look, Iowa, who we picked against Michigan last week, disappointed us. They play Penn State at home. This is going to be a big week for Tristan Wirfs because he goes against Penn State's really talented edge rusher, yet gross Matos. Fair. Uh, Yeah. Maybe I made that up. Um, So, yeah. That's going to be a great matchup of two first-round caliber prospects. And Wirfs is one of the big names to watch if you're a Broncos fan, the Iowa um, offensive tackle. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, that's a, that's where you'd think you'd go if you're drafting high. I think so. So, yeah, uh, look at that. Penn State on the road, three-and-a-half-point favorites. Their offense has really impressed me. I will take the Nittany Lions. I will, too. All right. The game of the week, night game, 6 p.m. on ESPN, Florida at LSU. LSU, 13-point favorites. What are we doing? I would (laughs) never take the... the, I I try to stay away from road teams. Florida, look, it's been maybe the individuals. It's an odd Florida team because usually they have so much talent that they play down to it. This year, I feel like they don't have necessarily the elite elite talents though they still have a lot of really good nfl type prospects but like 13 points against florida who's already been battle tested and played some good games i get that it's at lsu but let's slow our roll here yeah um i think the gators will hit that in fact i'm calling another upset call the gators to win this one after you put lsu play big joe burrow did hey, you put LSU number two? Yeah. That's right, because I'm not a coward voter who's hedging his bets. That's right. I'm basing it off of what's happened so far, not what will happen. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm going to take LSU because I think they're good. Um, and They are good. Uh, that's a lot of points. but Offense good, defense down. You know what? I'll, I'll, take, I'll take LSU even against the points. Okay. Even, yeah. 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 It, here's the thing. Ed Orgeron, not convinced he could play. Really? Yeah. Huh. He's fun. Great guy. He's, He's fun. F- oh, my He's gosh. So fun. Few are funner. But as far as winning big games in the SEC, eh, still got to see it. So Okay. Yeah. I think that's fair. Well, I hope you enjoyed all this college football talk. We love college football talk. talk and what have you. So we'll yeah. be back next week with another draft podcast, which, as always, we'll be super excited for. Yep. Um, I think we're recording this Wednesday. I'll drop it on Thursday. Probably do another Thursday podcast next week because that seems like a good time to be doing this. That'd be amazing. You have safe travels to Oregon. Follow Hank and all his great uh, insights as he's covering the buffs. Don't be like his mom who can't. Um, and uh, <laughs> Don't be like my mom. Don't be like Hank's Perfect. Mom. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. There, you go. there we go.
That's the end of the show.